If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bible to John chapter 14, we'll be reading a couple of verses in a minute, verses 16 and 17. We will continue this week um, in our series titled The Holy Spirit, and this week's message is The Spirit of Truth. I don't know about you, but I find myself daily trying to discern what is truth when it comes to cultural, societal issues um, that are being thrust upon us um, by the media, by Facebook, by Twitter, all the different forms of which uh, we see information being pushed at the general public. Our current culture can be very deceiving Instead of sharing with us biblical truth, society and the media has become a place that spreads falsehoods and in some instances outright lies. And we're seeing that being proven through the news and testimony in courtrooms um, today. We in fact find that society is glorifying dishonesty and moral decay. It is being pushed upon your children in the public institution of our school systems. This is in fact the reason that God gave us the spirit of truth. John 14 verse 16 and 17 And I will pray that the Father, He will give you uh, another helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. That He may abide with you, how long? Forever. I didn't write that. He said that. He'll abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Be it no surprise to you that these people stand up and say, well, I just don't believe that and can't see it. They don't have the spirit of truth. They're not saved. It's that simple. They cannot receive because it neither sees, they neither see Him nor know Him. Not saved. I didn't write that. I'm just telling you what it says. Read it for yourself. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. And if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, you've put your faith and trust in Him, then He will and is in you and will be with you. He abides with you forever, the Spirit of truth. In recent years, two words have become very prominent in our society and in our cultural conversations. Um, One is disinformation, and the other one is misinformation. Uh, I, I myself think that there ought to be another one added, and it's called withheld 
information. They all uh, have, all three of them have a same common denominator or a same common element and they are deviating from the truth. Society, social media has allowed every one of us to have a public and potentially influential voice. Discerning what is true and what isn't has become increasingly a challenge. I used to watch and listen to the news religiously. In the fall of 2020, I turned it all off. And have never and never intend to again listen to the news religiously. I read a little from the left. I read a little from the right and I draw my own conclusions anymore what is truth and what is a lie. Almost everything, whether it be television, whether it be social media, whether it be the news, Almost everything anymore is propaganda. And it is slanted to sell or promote certain agendas. When we search for truth, we followers have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and must pursue a thought process that ends with Jesus and God's Word. Whether rumor, whether hearsay, whether gossip, or what you perceive to be trusted sources in the news, or even authorities of political persuasion, we must measure it against the one who said, I am the truth. I am the truth. And we must have an attitude that let God be true and every man a liar that stands in opposition to His word. God's Word is perfect. There is a gold standard. There is absolute truth. And the fact of the matter is, I hold it in my hand. It's the Holy Bible. Martin Luther once stated, God's Word is perfect. God's Word, it should be precious to you. And God's Word is pure truth within itself. The Word of God, the good news, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation to those who believe. 
And that is not a question, folks. That is a fact. We lose sight. We compromise on this issue. We compromise our thinking. We compromise in our preaching. We've become a society that believes man instead of God. And yet God said it's by the foolishness of preaching. You think about that. You say, why is it foolishness? I don't know. Jesus was a preacher. And yet 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 21 gives us the explanation. For Christ sent me not to baptize, hmm, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. You think about that statement. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? Foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe? He's talking about, in this case, political figures and religious entities, scribes. Where is the disputer of this world? Hath God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? (laughs) Wow. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, what? knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. If you disagree with me this morning, let it be known you're not disagreeing with me, you're disagreeing with God's Word. It's not by sermonettes for Christianettes. It's not by Casper Milk Toast or Teddy Bear Messages from a bunch of intellectual professors or silk panty waist pussyfooting preachers that are liberal as liberal can be. These soft and lovable and huggable messages, it's the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that comes across with conviction, a heaven to gain and hell to shun. The Word of God, a better life here on earth, an eternal life hereafter, salvation by grace through faith, not self-help nonsense, having an understanding of the truth and even the passages that contradict our logic, a presentation of the gospel that is powerful convicting, life-changing, sin-hating, sinner-loving truth where sinners are drawn into the presence of the Holy Spirit like you've experienced here this morning. Conviction, 
where followers are drawn, take the preaching and the word seriously. Where the Holy Spirit places within the heart the need of a Savior to them that are lost. Where folks apply it to their lives and see a physical change of heart and lifestyle. To some having compassion, making a difference, the Bible says. You listen and listen well. I'm not about making points. You won't find me on the street corner talking about subject matter just to make a point because I want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to see that little Junior can physically see that strung out, or drug addict mom or dad come home different. Come home loving, caring, providing for, involved in little Junior's life. I don't care if they cut their hair. I'm not about making that point. I don't care, in fact, if they shave their head, making that point. I don't care if they ever put on a suit and a tie. <laughs> I don't care if they color their hair pink, blue, or green. I love your hair, by the way, honey. In fact, I seen a girl yesterday, we went to Bob Evans to the shindig up there and hers was the prettiest shade of orange I'd ever seen <laughs> I made a point to say I love your hair <laughs> it doesn't matter to me the color of the hair the length of the hair the shortness of the hair as long as getting saved makes a difference Amen. woo I want little Johnny or Jenny to have a mom or a dad that cares for their kids, that loves their wife or their husband, that gave them back self-respect and pride of who they are and what God has for them and is going to see a transformation in their lives. I'm here to tell you that comes about by the spirit of truth in someone's life teaching us the truth, illuminating the truth of God's Word that we can apply to our lives and make a difference because it is the Word of God, the truth, is the instrument through which the Holy Spirit of God does His work. God's Word is eternal, has and will stand the test of time. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says the grass will wither, the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. Matthew 5.18 says, For assuredly I say to you, 
Till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot nor one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Write that down to the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. God's Word is true. It is for us to live by. And every Old Testament and New Testament prophecy has and will be fulfilled. You better be teaching this to your children and your grandchildren, folks. Because they're not going to get it in the public school system like they used to. I used to have godly teachers that taught the Word of God in the public classroom. Teachers are scared to death to even talk about God or His Bible in the classroom in this day and age. I know, my wife's a teacher. You have to be careful. We we have raised two or three generations of Americans that are out of church. They don't even know who God is. And godless... uh, uh, the emphasized godless intellectual professors and political figures thinking from colleges and universities as truth and a final authority and we are paying the price for that kind of foolishness right now. Brothers and sisters, you, go, you better go find your Bible and blow the dust off of it, and and start teaching your children and grandchildren that this is the Word of God. And every page, every word, every dotting of an I and crossing of the T is true. And it is for us to live by. I don't care what the politicians in D.C. or any other place say. You better teach the book, and you better live by the book. It's true, and it is the final authority in all matters. All matters of science, all matters of sexuality, all matters of history, all matters of family and marriage, and all matters of raising your children. This is not just your grandma and grandpa's Bible. You better make it, and it needs to be your children's Bible. The Spirit of truth that is alive and well and trustworthy. God's Word to live by today, not for yesterday. But society's... I don't care what society does. This is way... Christians are supposed to live and act and believe. We passively have lost our children and our country. I listened to one of our young men teaching in a classroom the other evening how he was raised in church. And when he turned 16, he was given the keys to a car and a choice by his Christian dad 
whether or not he had to go to church anymore. And I wanted to say, no! Bless God as long as they're under your roof. If it comes to fisticuffs, they need to be in church. For some reason, we think because they get keys to a car turned 16 or 18 years old, this book is not for them anymore. And we're seeing the effects of that. Two generations. You can see it in the way, if you don't see it in any other way, just go look at a map as to how they vote in elections around the colleges and universities and the things that they vote for the people and what they stand for. You say, you're meddling in politics. No, I'm meddling in the truth. Has nothing to do with politics. It has to whether or not we're going to stand for the truth. This young man said he chose not to go to church anymore. And it led to a life of alcohol, drugs, car wrecks, jail time, and ultimately in prison. And now years later, back in church trying to help others, Wondered in his own mind, why did I walk away? He's back now trying to help others not to go down the same path and can't understand why he walked away. Somewhere, somehow, we have stated without saying, teenage, young adult years are okay to get away from church be away from the Bible, go out and sow your wild oats. And we've condoned this as Christian parents and grandparents. We've watered it down to where it's not truth. Without telling them the truth. Without telling them the enemy will use those years to destroy your life. Unwanted pregnancies. Abortions that will come back to haunt you. Drug or alcohol addiction that will wreck your life or kill you. A higher education. And yes, I'm saying that out loud. A higher education that will warp your thinking concerning the Word of God if you're not careful and grounded in what you believe the truth. You say, oh, but preacher, the science doesn't support the Bible. Let me tell you a little something. You need to, instead of taking your kids to a theme park or to the beach, just get in your car and drive about two hours and a half west of here and go to the Ark Encounter or to the Creation Museum and get you some books on what the science is or is not. 
and get some of Ken Ham's stuff and bring it back home and he'll teach you about the fallacies of science. <laughs> science is flawed. Science is a lie. In the beginning, God created. <laughs> and he did it in six days, by the way. And he rested on the seventh. <laughs> and then he took some dirt and formed it and breathed life into it. And he called him Adam. And from his rib, he took, from his side, he took a rib and formed Eve and called her Eve. Now you can believe Bill Nye, the science guy, if you want to and all his intellectual idiots that support what he says. But bless God, I didn't come from a tadpole. And I didn't come from an ape either. Nor was it millions of years ago. And if you don't believe it, just get your Bible out from underneath and take one of them if you need to, and start in Genesis 1.1. Because in the beginning, God. And you better start teaching it to your children. And you better buy them the resources to rebut all the foolishness that confuses them. That they do, not they might, they do here in colleges and universities. Just ask them. You know what that does? If they can lead, if the enemy can lead them to doubt creation, then he can lead them to doubt that heaven's not true because it's not all true. Hell's not a real place, and you're surely not going to go there when you die if you don't trust Christ. Folks, God give us a spirit of truth to help us understand the truth that dwells within us forever. And it is time we take back our children. It is time we take back our churches. It is time that we take back our communities and expose this idiotic thinking throughout our country by people that stand behind a microphone, whether in Washington, D.C., or a pulpit in a church, or behind some lectern in a university, and expose the fact that they're not speaking truth. And the only way it's going to happen is to believe this book. Win the lost with the simple gospel and teach absolute truth, which it is. Give it to our children the tools and the education 
to substantiate it and prove it to themselves. How? Truth. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I didn't write it. Paul wrote it in Romans. I believe it's 1017 or 1019. So what are you mad about? I ain't mad about anything. I want to make a difference. I'm sick of the garbage that I hear and see coming from the mouths of Christians. Trying to tell me that all the different stuff that's being promoted from same-sex marriage to homosexuality. You say, you don't need to talk about that. Truth! To where that my grandkids can't even go to a public school because they're being indoctrinated with that trash. Knowing that the enemy is going to destroy them? Are you a fool in any other area or just this one that we stand and allow what's happening? I don't know about you. They'll come and drag me out of here in handcuffs before I shut up about it. And it's just that simple.